Welcome to the I'm Spiritual <laughs> podcast. My name is Matt Stewart. I'm a transformational coach, and it is my mission to bring purpose to the purposeless. This podcast is for gaining insights into the deeper layers of our physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies to unlock our inner potential and allow for healing. Let's deep dive down the rabbit hole of self-development and spirituality to get a no-bullshit look at what works and what doesn't work. All right, it is the customary clap that begins every episode of I'm Spiritual? Question mark, question mark. (laughs) Happy New Year's. Happy, happy New Year's to everyone listening. It's funny, before I hit record, I felt this resistance to this episode. I didn't want people to hear me. I didn't want people in the house that I'm in to hear me. I didn't want to share my voice. And that always that always makes me laugh because the purpose of this is recording a podcast to share with the world. But then I'm hesitant to share it and even speak in the house I am because I'm afraid of upsetting people in it. And that's really what this this episode is all about. It's me saying what I need to say and hopefully it helps you listening to this, the podcast audience. Because if, if you're listening to this, I appreciate you. I truly do. And I want the best for you. And I want to help you get to be that best version of yourself, that idealized version of yourself, that wonderful version of you, the true essence of you, that that spiritual essence. Because spirituality is really just remembering who the heck we really are underneath all the conditioning from society, from trauma, from past, from bullshit, whatever you got. That's what spirituality is. It's connecting back deeply to your inner self. And I'm discovering who and what I am and what that really means. And part of that is speaking my truth, saying what I need to say, being vulnerable with you, being vulnerable with myself, feeling safe and secure enough in my own body to say what I need to say. So what's going on with me is, you know, it's a brand new year and just started off going through a breakup. It was with uh, my partner, my former partner, Nora. She's a wonderful woman with her for a little over three years. It was wonderful, my longest relationship. It was a great relationship because there was a lot of healing, especially in the beginning and over time, really getting to know myself and seeing the the masculine and feminine wounds that I had accrued and accumulated through this through my life and seeing how a lot of those wounds were the reasons I wasn't able to have a healthier relationship until this point. And one of the things is that Nora and I, we moved in with my parents to save some money and to also move somewhere in the country. I had always wanted to go to Arizona, but we ended up not wanting to move there. Doesn't matter. The biggest thing is just feeling like I've never been heard. And it's not even just with the relationship. It's feeling with it's those closest in my life. And the reason for that is because ever since I was a kid, I took on this mediator role in the family dynamics. I was always the one being the peacemaker, mediating things, really making sure everybody else was fine taking care of everyone else making sure that their emotional needs were met making sure that their wants were taken care of and then maybe somewhere along the lines i take care of myself but that would never happen because i would just be so physically exhausted from this and mentally emotionally exhausted from this and the reason i bring this up being a mediator is you know nor is still living with us and there's been a lot of tension since we announced the breakup to my parents and what it all boils down to is nobody really bothered to communicate with each other. I was kind of running around making sure she was all right. I was running back and forth to my parents, making sure they were all right. But those, you know, my parents and Nora, they weren't individually connecting to have these conversations. So I felt like I always had to be there to, 
be the peacemaker. I had to go, hey, you know, she's feeling really down. Can we help her out? Or my parents are feeling really overwhelmed. So finally, I just called them all into the room. It was actually yesterday to talk about everything because it was just a really uncomfortable environment to be living in. And I started it off because apparently I always have to start everything off. (laughs) I just have a way of making uncomfortable situations less awkward. That's what people tell me. And I I do that simply by addressing it. And I go, well, this is the most awkward situation I've ever been in, or this is the most uncomfortable, or this is the tensest situation I've ever been in. You call it what it is because that's what it is. There's no other way to get around with it. There's no other secret to it. Just address the beast in the room, talk about it, and you move forward. And when this happened, you know, Nora started talking about how she felt that, you know, my parents really disconnected from her after the breakup. And my parents felt that, you know, Nora had disconnected from them after the breakup. And then there was me seeing all sides of this, realizing that all everyone really needed to do was communicate from the get-go. It was just a bunch of people who weren't comfortable saying things. Nobody wanted to upset the other person. Nobody wanted to speak. So finally, everybody's coming together to have this this discussion. And it got a little tense because it's about a month-long buildup of things. Everybody's sort of just releasing all that. So there was a lot of tension in the room. My father got upset. Yeah, he got upset. And, you know, when my mother was talking about it, she was talking about how she was feeling and how everything was with her. And Noah was talking about how she was feeling and everything with her. And I'm just sitting there. And, you know, it, it didn't end well. The initial conversation. Feelings were hurt. Things were said. Nobody yelled, but it was just a very awkward and uncomfortable situation to be in. And then at the end of the conversation, you know, we all go our separate ways. I go check on Nora. I take care of her. Talk to her for a little bit. You know, talk her down. Say everything's going to be all right. You just, you know, nothing's going to change in the dynamic. It's just now you know how everybody feels. And then after that, I go to the other room and I'm talking to my parents. Like, here's how she feels. I understand how you feel. And then it dawns on me that nobody's asking how I'm feeling. I'm again in that mediator position, the caretaker position, taking care of everybody else's needs. And then I just, after I talked to my parents, I just went outside barefoot in t-shirt and shorts. It's you know 30 degrees out because it's January in New England. And I just sit by a tree. And I just connect with that. I connect to this. I feel the support of the tree holding me up, the, f- the support of the earth hold, you know, physically holding me up, nurturing me. And then I begin to ask myself what I want or how I'm feeling. And it dawns on me, I just want everyone to shut the fuck up. <laughs> I just want everyone to shut the fuck up because despite what they're feeling, despite all that, half of it doesn't really matter. It's just, it's just these stories we keep telling ourselves. What it is at its core is it's three people who haven't been communicating, who need to communicate, and who are afraid to sort of upset the other person or go the depth that they need to to convey the message. And I feel like that's really indicative of the world right now is everybody is so afraid to speak their truth, say say what they actually feel because they don't want to offend anyone. And I realized sitting in this awkward conversation, talking to everyone and listening, I did a lot of listening when my parents and Nora were talking was I had seen these patterns all my life. The the bottling up of the masculine with my father. Like he just let everything bottle up and then he would explode. Or when I was a kid, he would get so uh, angry that he would leave. He would go for a walk. You know, my mother, it was always the, the need to, to be there to emotionally support and placate her. 
how everything affected her and all that. And I say that not with blame. I say that as an observer of it because I know that each of them has their own wounds and their own things that they need to work on to grow. We all do. And it's, you know, they're in their 70s now and, you know, self-development, psychology, a lot of this stuff, it, it wasn't available to them. And it wasn't really advocated. I mean, back in the day, like psychology was thought like you went there if you were crazy, you know, and I know that's an extreme word, but now it's, it's everybody needs somebody to talk to, to really see through the stories we tell ourselves because those stories just loop in our head over and over again. And it could be a story about anything, about how somebody not talking to you could be mad at you and that in their silence, they're upset with you and you want to, uh, you want to rectify that or you want to, to squash that or you want to take care of that and you're not comfortable enough to sit quietly with it and when you talk to your friends and your family about a lot of these these things that are going on with you they're not trained in that they don't a lot of people they don't know how to actually listen they don't know how to reflect they don't know how to remain completely unbiased from the situation without inserting judgments about what they perceive it is whether they perceive that you're the victim or the other person is the victim nobody can really remain neutral enough to really ask the questions because nowadays support is almost an enabling thing that's what it seems like it's agreeing with what somebody wants um, reinforcing their opinion saying that they're in the right when they might be in the wrong and that doesn't really serve them so that's why it's really powerful right now to have an unbiased third party to be able to advise you from a place of neutrality where they don't have any skin in the fire they don't have any skin in the game it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong whether they're right or wrong yeah, that's the biggest one, truthfully, for me, is sitting quietly. The silent treatment, that comes up a lot. I got that. I've used it a lot. It's not an effective tool, but it's a coping strategy when you've bottled everything up. And it's funny because even talking about this, these people are in the next room as I record this. So I'm like, <laughs> shit, can they hear me? Again, I'm going to publish this, so it doesn't really matter. But the reason I want to publish this is really... Seeing these patterns in us are things that we need to address. Like me being the mediator, that's fine. It can be very helpful for work, especially with the work in healing and coach that I do. But in your personal life, it's not always great if you're self-sacrificing for other people. You don't actually know what you want. And it develops early in childhood as a coping strategy. You know, one of the reasons I'm also an empath is because I got really good at reading people's energy, reading people's body language, you know, sensing, maybe even smelling the pheromones from bad people or whatever, uh, as a protective mechanism because of the trauma that I endured as a child. And that's how a lot of empaths are born. It's it's more of a, yeah, it's a, it's a defense mechanism. It's so you can know who's safe and who's not. And going back to the mediator, it's, it's great, but if you don't have that ability to express yourself, you don't have that ability to be heard, you're going to feel like you never... Are heard. You're going to feel like nobody actually cares about you. You're going to be very lonely. And this is a lot that I've realized through my life. I've experienced. I felt like nobody was ever there for me. I was surrounded by people, but not everybody cares to go the depth and really ask how somebody else is doing. And this really manifests first somatically. I mean, in the body. Somatics has to do with the body coming back home to the body. And when you're not expressing yourself, how that usually manifests is maybe an imbalance in the throat chakra. But physically, even when I'm doing, I take a lot of these, these big breaths in, right? And how not speaking your truth and not saying your words manifests is that inhalation and you never let it out. 
because you're never able to <sighs> relax, feel safe enough to be able to express yourself. And those words, they get trapped in there. That wind, that air gets trapped in there. The element of air gets trapped in the diaphragm. And it restricts you from being able to see what you, to say what you need to say, to speak your truth. So the first thing that helped me was really becoming aware of my body, whether it's doing body scans. Um, actually, body scans were the biggest thing that helped me because that takes you through each area and each layer of your body to just bring a little bit of awareness into that. And then when you do that, you develop that proprioception and that body awareness that helps you feel into that and get really good with somatics because somatics is just expressing what's felt in the body. And this can be trapped energy, trapped emotions, trapped what have you, trauma, whatever you got. And once you start to feel that and you identify this is how that pattern manifests physically, you go, okay, what's going on emotionally? What's going on mentally in my body right now? What am I thinking? How are my thoughts shaping my reactions? How are my thoughts shaping my emotions? That's the biggest thing. And once you start to become aware of that, go, okay, what do I need to say right now? And at first, you might not know how to express it. I know for me, when I first started doing this, I didn't know what I wanted. And I had to get comfortable saying that to people, just going, hey, um, I don't know what I need right now. I know I need something. And I know I need to be heard. But I need some time to reflect on this. And I will get back to you with what my needs are. Because we've been conditioned a lot, especially men, to not express our needs, to not express our wants, to bottle it up. We're supposed to be the, the warrior, the caretaker, the protector, the stoic man who just bites his tongue and doesn't say anything. Because feelings and emotions, they don't, they don't hurt us. They don't resonate with us. And that's just not true. And, you know, when you say that you need to be heard, when you say that you don't know what you need right now, but you'll get back to something, sometimes that could trigger people because they want that immediate resolution. And that pressure is not helping anyone but themselves. That pressure they want to put on you is a sign of their impatience, of their imbalance in their own body, where they can't relax enough, where the unknown is so uncomfortable to them. That fear of the unknown, that fear of what comes next is so uncomfortable to them. But here's the thing, that's not your responsibility. Each and every one of us is responsible for balancing, regulating, interpreting, in processing our own emotions, in our own reactions. So speaking from a heart-centered place or a place where you know that what you're saying is not a reaction to your emotions. When somebody says something to you, you're able to take it in, take a breath, reflect, ponder on it. What's really happening in here? What's really happening in my body? How am I responding to this? How do I want to react to this if that happens? But taking that quick beat, and at first it might take a little bit of time. It might take a few minutes for you to get good at this. But then the better you get at reconditioning and retraining yourself, you're able to instinctively do this. You're just able to get a quick read on what it is. Take a breath, maybe 5, 10 seconds, 20 seconds, pause, reflect. What am I feeling? What do I want to do? How do I want to handle this? And then respond. And if you catch yourself, if you catch yourself being tense in the body, that's a humongous sign. That's a big sign you're going to react out of anger or something is unpleasant because that tension is the body poised to go into fight or flight mode. And you can't communicate effectively when you're in fight or flight mode because your body thinks you're physiologically under attack and it's preparing for the worse. Take a breath. Breathe in. Breathe out. Take a couple of breaths. You don't have to respond immediately to anyone. 
the world right now is just this weird place of where we have instantaneous connection, we need instantaneous gratification, but that's not how life works. Things take time. Feelings, emotions, thought, how you, how you truly feel about something, you might not ever know until a few minutes later. You might give a response because it's required of you, and then a few minutes later go, hey, you know what? I don't actually feel that way. And that's okay. Because it's up to you to do the inner work to know how you really feel. And the challenge is when you start to do this inner work, you become aware that there's so many people out there that actually don't do this work. And it could feel <laughs> it could feel overwhelming to know that. It can also feel very frustrating. I would get frustrated a lot with this because it's like, I feel like I'm always doing the work. Why is nobody else working on their inner reality, working on their belief system? Why is nobody else trying to heal, trying to get better? Why is everybody else just so content and saying, well, this is how I am. I can't change. When we know there is so much science now and data on neuroplasticity and how the body just constantly goes through these changes, the body and the mind. To say that you can't change, to say that you are a perfect being, and if you can't change, you'll never die because the life and death cycle is perfect, 100% evidence of that. You start as a little baby, what, nine pound, 10 ounces? Like, I, I don't even know how small a baby is, uh, you know, 10, out, 10 inches. And you grow to some of us be like five foot ten. So like to go into the world and say, I don't change. So you have that proof right there from childhood to young adulthood to adulthood to old age to death. Right there in that cycle, your body is always changing. You can't see that. You can't look on that cycle and go, no, that doesn't apply to me. It does. Your body and your mind are always changing. And you can choose how to shape them however you want when you take forward when you put forward action and effort to achieve what you want. And what was interesting is after after enough time, a few hours went by after that initial conversation between the whole family unit, is everybody took some time to, I think, really reflect with it. Because after everything was said, later on in that day, my mother talked to Nora one-on-one. -on -one, my father talked to Nora one-on-one. -on -one, and things were said. And it turns out that everybody was really upset at this change in the family dynamic. There was a sense of loss that came in. My parents were upset because they had thought Nora was a member of the family. And now she was leaving. And Nora was upset because she thought that they were members of her family. And now that the relationship was over, she wasn't going to have them. So what it really comes down to is just a room full of people, a house full of people who were scared of loss and didn't know how to process it. And, you know, as I'm saying this, it's coming up for me that, yeah, she and I are going to remain friends. We're family, but I'm sad. I'm going to miss her. I thought we were family. I thought we were going to be one type of family, and now we're another. And there's a beauty in that, but it's also, it needs to be said. You know, it was a wonderful relationship full of so much growth, but sometimes people drift apart. And they, you in relationships, you either grow together or you grow apart over time. And the biggest lesson I learned from the conversation with my parents and her and the biggest lesson I learned from the relationship is just communicate. Even if you don't know what you're saying, be open, communicate, express that, and don't be afraid of judgment or leaving things unsaid. Because at the end of the day, when you don't say things, 
people start to make up their own stories inside themselves of what's actually going on. If you start to pull away, you start to get quiet, somebody can make up a very different interpretation of those events. Whether you might have just needed space because you were anxious about something, or you were upset about something, or you were, I don't know what. The human mind works and makes its own interpretations of things. And the more we do that, the more embedded these negative thoughts become in us. And it becomes a reality that we want to hold on to so much because we want to believe the worst in people sometimes. Because it's easier to get over loss when we think that somebody is a bad person. We paint a villain. But when you do that, you miss out on the opportunity for lifelong friendships and companionships. I mean, nor is somebody who knows me better than most people on the planet. And do I want to lo lose that connection? No, I think it's helpful in my own growth to have somebody who's seen, I mean, we lived together for two years, like to have somebody who's been around me for two years. I mean, truthfully, before this relationship, the thought of living with another human being for any length of time was so foreign to me. I just wanted nothing to do with it. So to have somebody who's been through that and who knows me to the depths that very few people do, it's, it's important to me to carry on a relationship with that. And I also want to give myself a lot of credit because again, speaking of that mediator talking about everybody else going through a breakup of three years i've taken the high road i've been upset i've been sad i've been angry but i haven't expressed that in a non-constructive way a younger version of me would have been angry it would have you know shouted i would have screamed it would have said hurtful things i would have put my fist through walls i would have broken things there's been none of that there's been feeling hopeful at the future there's been feeling hopeful for the friendship that she and I created, the, the next iteration of family between the two of us. That's powerful. And then giving myself credit because I haven't gone down that dark path. Celebrating the growth that I've gone through over the past three, four, five years is incredible. And I owe that to myself, but I also owe some of that to her for being so supportive. So the takeaways from this podcast are, this episode, communicate. Just speak to each other. Just share whatever you got. It can be... Just share whatever you have with somebody. Because what you don't say sometimes is more hurtful. Leaving things unsaid... Leaving things unsaid and letting things... Leaving things unsaid does more harm than saying what you need to say. Even if what you say may make yourself or the other person uncomfortable. Because life can be uncomfortable sometimes, and it's embracing that, and it's moving past that comfort zone. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Like I said at the beginning, how do you have these awkward conversations? Just address it. Call it, well, this is going to be the most awkward fucking conversation I'm ever going to have in my life. <laughs> and then roll with it. Giggle with it. Bring a sense of humor and play with it. Yeah, truthfully, right now, I'm trying to figure out a way to end this podcast, and it just feels like, one, if you're listening, I truly appreciate you for listening to me pour my heart out and to give you some tips on how to shift from being a mediator into stepping into your power. And again, it's a brand new year, and I'm so excited to see where I am in 2024, looking back, what I sound like on this podcast what I sound like, my coaching business, where I am in the world. I want to go to Arizona. That's where I'm going. So I'll say that right now. I'm putting that out on the podcast. The world hears that. I'll be in Arizona next year. I'm going to be like a shaman slash coach in the desert with a dog wandering around. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> Big old beard. Wow, that got, that got heavy. <laughs> 
That was uh, that was cathartic. That got heavy. I appreciate you being there with me. That was quite the journey I went on. The moral of the story, guys, is communicate. Just speak openly with yourself. Learn first to communicate with yourself. Before you start communicating with others, learn what you actually need and your body's own instinctual, primitive, magical way it communicates. Because sometimes it communicates in symbols, sometimes it's concepts, sometimes it's words, sometimes it's emotions. But if you're not willing to invest the time in yourself to understand how your body speaks to you, you're never going to be able to speak truthfully. Thank you so, so much for checking out this podcast. I have a blast every time I hit record on these things. Wherever you found me, please give me a five-star review. Give me a seven-star review if that's a thing. I don't even know. And if you know someone who would find value from anything I said today, please share it with them. Screenshot this and post it on IG in your stories and make sure to tag me with it. You can follow me at underscore I'm Matt Stewart. That's underscore I-M-M-A-T-T-S-T-E-W-A-R-T on the I-G-Z. <laughs> Peace.